your babies grow up. You gotta up. pause this. You can't leave it on there because you'll be watching it. Uh, I think we leave it on the background. No. You are ineffective when you're watching TV. That's not true. That's very true. I've done my homework while watching TV. How long did it take you? Way longer <laughs> than it could have taken <laughs> you had I, the TV I not been on. That's the point. It still got done. It still got did. <sighs> Command decision. Command decision. Well, I guess we can start the podcast then. We're <laughs> <laughs> headphones on. Since you won't let me watch The Ranch. It's a good show. It's an awesome show. It makes me want to move to a ranch. It makes me want to live on a ranch. Live on a ranch. Do you want to work a ranch, though? I think, well, I, I say yes, but I don't know everything that it entails. Sounds nice. You know, you get up every morning and work on your ranch. But do you want to take care of animals and stuff? Not really. I'll let somebody else do that. <laughs> Just drive the tractors and the ATVs. I wouldn't mind having like some land once we retire and build our forever home, wherever we decide that to be. Pound sign, not Tennessee. Why not? I love Tennessee. I know you do. I don't. I would like to have some land in Tennessee, but land where you can see the land. That's not Tennessee. Uh, I know. We, um, I was talking to my dad the other day and we talked about that, about how I didn't want to move back to Tennessee. And he's like, don't you think it's funny how you never want to move back, but you married someone who wants to move to Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I just, I have no desire to go back. None, none so. I mean, it'd be nice. Smithville, I don't know. It's Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't grow up there. There's I mean. just nothing there for me. I mean, there's family, and that's always good to, like, live around family. But I've just been away for so long that I think being close would be annoying. Like, you have the your conveniences of it, like... Watch my kids. Watch my kids. <laughs> uh, like be there for birthday parties and holidays and um just to hang out with you know like yeah. go out and do things um but you're almost obligated to them when you live close so like if they they're like oh we're having a cookout this weekend it's like you're expected to be there yeah and if you're like no i have other plans they're like oh well, like what do you have going on that or if you just you don't want to go, go yeah. you're the asshole. Yeah. And we've been away from that for so long. I I think it would be very annoying to go back into that life where it's like, and that sounds horrible, like family is an obligation, but I find it really annoying. And I'll say this because I've had the conversation with them, but like sometimes my dad or my mom will call my sister and she won't answer the phone for like multiple days because She's a 33-year-old woman, and she doesn't feel like talking to our parents for <laughs> multiple days um, because she has her own kids and her own husband and her own life, and she just doesn't want to talk to our parents. And they'll just get in their car and show up at her house. I would be like, absolutely not. Like, there are boundaries, and <laughs> you're crossing them. Yeah. Um, or even, 
like when we're in El Paso with your family, they'll just like show up at each other's house without like calling or notifying that they're showing up and they'll just like walk in each other's houses. Um, I would, that's not a thing that I would be okay with. Yeah, that's, uh, that's always been a thing. There's like a certain, uh, comfort level to it, but I could see, I could see how that would get annoying really quick. Like you, you need your privacy. You need your, your time Mm -hmm. away. And for us, it's easy. I mean, we don't get them involved in the drama as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we have to do is just not call or not pick up the phone. Yeah, and I think it's just become our normal, right? Like, our family is our distinct, like, us and our children. And then our close-knit friends that we, like, build wherever we go, the basis that we're stationed at. Um, but... There are the pros and cons to living back where we grew up, but I would never, um, never move back to, to small town Tennessee. I yeah. wouldn't, like, if, if we move back, I wouldn't mind living somewhere like East Coast Tennessee, like the Knoxville region. But there's even bigger mountains over there. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're in the mountains there. I wouldn't mind living around Nashville. Nashville. Um, there's a lot so like there. Murfreesboro, Boro, Boro, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro. Yeah, that place is awesome. Um, cause you could have some land out there, but it's also not really in Murfreesboro. You'd have to live in the suburbs well, of it. Yeah, right well, on, not really the suburbs. It kind of is a suburb. Right I don't on know. the outskirts of You'd it. You'd have to live in one and of those small towns. And it's not as mountainous. That's still too close. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I guess. I'd want to live in that, like, uh, I think three to five hour range is <laughs> is good, where it's like you can't come every weekend or it's not a day trip, but, like, you're close enough that on a long weekend, it's good for a visit. Yeah. Like, that's how we are with El Paso now, and I feel like we've visited there, and we've had people come visit us here more than any place we've been stationed. Yeah, because we're, what, five hours away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's nothing here, so it's either you're here to, to visit, visit us or that's it. Yeah. You're not here for the sights. <laughs> no, I mean, San Angelo doesn't have a lot going for it, but I enjoy it here. So we yeah. just we put down good roots here. Yeah, it's not bad. I enjoy it. Yeah. So we have a couple more years to enjoy it before we have to PCS again or move. Make a military move. I'm looking forward to the next move. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know where to, but looking forward to it. Oh, what if they send us to California? Um. You know, it's a possibility. We, ha- I mean, I have the ISR SEI. That was a lot of acronyms at once. So there's designators that you get on your, on your record in the military that shows what jobs you've held before. Um, and SEI is a specialized, I forgot what the E stands for, something indicator. Yes. Um. I can't remember what the E stands for. But I have the, I have the ISR one, so, I mean, there's a DGS out there. <laughs> I ain't trying to go to DGS. Me either, that would suck. Shift work. Monotony. That would suck. I'm not trying to do it. Special experience identifier. Special experience identifier. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I have a couple. So, for my special experience identifiers, I have um, ISR, which is kind of tricky because all of intelligence is technically ISR now, but mine is specifically to um, RPAs or UAVs or UASs or whatever they're called. And then I have the AFSOC identifier. Air Force Special Operations. Air Force Special Ops. And then... Um, the instructor special identifier, and you have the AOC identifier. You just code it up. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about that when I was looking at assignments on places we could go. And one of the places I was thinking that we may really go, and I wouldn't be opposed to going there. I'm not, like, super thrilled about the desert, but um, Davis-Mothin and the reason I say that is because, one, there's an AOC there, and you're coded for that. Mm-hmm. Two, there is an RPA mission there, and I'm coded for that. Three, there is an AFSOC mission there. <laughs> and um, four, there is uh, if two there. So an intelligence formal training unit. So pretty much every identifier we have can all be lumped into that one base. And it's rare that you'll find a base where all those things are located in one spot. Yeah, I don't think I would mind going there, but I'm I don't prefer it. Yeah. I mean, the desert will always be home to me. It always feel like home to me. That's why Vegas. I was so comfortable with Vegas after growing up in El Paso. But I want to go back to where it's green. Yeah. So go east to the east coast. I need some I, trees. Yeah. And I was thinking about the northwest, so like uh, Washington area. I just don't want to deal with all the rain and then with all the the liberal craziness that's going up there. Yeah, I really wouldn't mind to live up there, but it's just the... Um, I haven't heard great things about the location. Like, the missions are great. I've heard great things about the missions, but I've just heard the area, the weather specifically, just makes it miserable to be stationed there for four years. Yeah, because it rains all the time. I mean, it's yeah. green. It's beautiful when the sun's out um, or even when it's just overcast. But the rain, for whatever reason, this is what Chewy told me because he was out there for a few years. He lived out there. And he said it rains so much that it just makes people depressed. Yeah. Just from always being gloomy and not being able it's to like get It's like COVID out. all the time. You're just in your house yeah, all the time. Yeah, you have to be indoors <laughs> and you don't get no sunlight. So it just adds to the depression. And mm-hmm. I guess at one point they had a, a, one of the highest suicide rates in the country. This was years ago. I don't know how it looks now. but And part of that had to do with, because, with the weather. I mean, when I was there for training from, so back in the beginning of 2009, I was there for a month. In, in January to February and the sun came out maybe a handful of times the rest of the time it was either just like damp overcast raining or uh it snowed a few times yeah it was badass because we were firing the 240 in the snow yeah and then have to do brass patrol in the snow uh but <laughs> that reminded me of Chase <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. It's a chopper. Yeah, I don't know. I would really like to go to the East Coast. I just don't. I don't know what I want anymore. Um, I just got to reassess like what I want out of my career. 
Um, it's funny that, like, I don't want too much rain, so going to the northwest would be kind of crazy. But I do kind of miss, you know, every the occasional rain in Florida. That was nice. And then it's green, so you can enjoy it. It doesn't get all muddy all over the place like it does here or or in a place like El Paso or or Arizona and, yeah. and Vegas. That's true. I don't know. There's just... There's so many good places to be stationed. You just have to weigh your pros and your cons of the mission and the area where the bases are and yeah everything factors everything factors into it like at this point um you know when you're young you're looking at a base and you see more of uh how can i have fun there like the party aspect of it or you know just hanging out with friends and now that we're older and we have the family we're looking at it different right like we need Mm -hmm. to enjoy the job like, I think when you're younger, you can go to a base, and even if the job sucks, you can still enjoy the shit out of the assignment because you you can go out with friends or just go do whatever. Yeah. But now, it's like enjoying the job is a big part of the assignment. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I almost like... Um, I've always said I wouldn't want to be stationed in Hawaii, but the more I look into the missions there... I don't think I would mind being stationed there. They have a pretty cool mission there, the PACAF mission. Yeah. So I haven't heard bad things about the job there, but just getting island fever. like I, I could feel that just thinking about it. Yeah. Like not being able to go anywhere. You can't drive away for the weekend. You can't fly away for the weekend unless you're balling out of control or you're catching space, space A, but I would imagine space A there is fucking bananas. Yeah, but I mean, I think about I think about it relatively, like how often do we leave San Angelo? Like maybe once a year, twice a year. Yeah, but the thing is, we have the option to. Like, if there's a long weekend, we can pack up, and go. Yeah, but we wherever. don't. <laughs> we have a couple times. Yeah. But imagine if you don't have that option. But there's so much more things to do there. You can go to the different islands. You can island hop. Yeah, I mean, I hiking out there, I hear the hikes are awesome. I'm not getting in the water. You know how many sharks? Yeah, you don't ocean, so that would be a... You know how many a, sharks are around there? A turn off to you to go there. And then hurricanes? Where are you going to go? You're on an island. When hmm. we were in Florida, and there was a hurricane coming, we packed up our bags, and we left to Tennessee. Yeah. Can't do that in Hawaii. I don't know. I forget that you don't ocean. I don't forget. I just like it's not at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that noise. You don't fuck with the ocean. I don't know. I mean, ultimately, I think like we'll end up in the the Virginia area. That's just East Coast. I wouldn't mind going there. I think the job's gonna be hectic. Like talking to Ortiz, it's a grind. It is a grind, but I think um, it's a rewarding grind. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I thought that about here, too, when we first got here. Um, but I just, I don't know how to explain it, but I think certain kind of people really thrive in that environment, and I think I'm one of those people who just thrive in the chaos 
of like the busyness just and like the go 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 yeah where everything's important yeah just high <laughs> speed all the time like yeah. i think i thrive in those environments so um that's why i wouldn't mind like i really really want to work at the pentagon like i've said that since i was a little baby airman um i've always wanted to have a job at the pentagon so um i would love to work there like that would be awesome to get a job at the pentagon um, I'm trying to get on that TDY that's going out there at the beginning of the year, but I don't know if the major's probably going to shut me down on that. He's <laughs> trying to send other people, but, um, like that would be like a cool experience to go out there. And, but I mean, just that whole area, there's so much there. And then, um, I mean, God, retirement is so close. It retirement is. is so close. It's crazy to think about cause we're so young. That retirement's like right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm four years away from uh, being eligible to retire. You're mm-hmm. seven? Yeah. Six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Six so and it's, a half years. I mean, it's it's close. And that's just being eligible to retire. So we don't have to retire, but uh, mm-hmm. being able to move on and doing other things. But I, I don't know. It would be a hard decision. Um, and, you know, everything plays into it and promotion and uh, the job that you're at and uh, what what the future is looking like, right? Yeah. How are the kids feeling too? Uh, we take them into account and how they're doing. And I don't know, maybe they're settled into the school that they're at or whatever. Um, but it, knowing that you can just like push the button and be like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm going to go either just be a bum or <laughs> find another job, which Everybody always goes back, usually goes back to working in the military environment. From our job, they do, just because the money's on the outside. Yeah. Um, but. I, I don't even know if it's the money sometimes, because when I was working back at, uh, at my last unit, surrounded by civilians, and all these dudes were, I mean, you knew some of them, retired lieutenant colonels, retired colonels. Retired chiefs, you know. Yeah, but for them, it's not the money. It's just. That's what I'm saying. Like, for them, it's just, one, keeping their security clearance active. And, two, like, keeping busy. These guys were old. Like, super old. Like, they could retire twice. The dude that was running the shop upstairs, he was 80. Yeah, but, I mean, what was he? Like, a GS-12? Uh, No, he was 14 or higher. Yeah. Uh, but I Because mean, my boss was a 14. That money's banked, though. That's so much money. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You don't need it. So those guys were there just to... Uh, some of them legitimately loved the mission that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, others, they were just they were just there. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe to to support a lifestyle or they just wanted to be a part of something or... You know, that was the only thing they had left. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to be at home or they don't like the idea of not having somewhere to go each day. Like, But they didn't need to work. I think that'll be me, though. I think even, like, once we retire and, like, we have, I mean, we have, like, retirement plans and stuff that we put into. And, like, we retire. We get our retirement check. We get our disability check. We have our 401ks or whatever. Like, we have all this stuff going for us. There's still no way I can just sit at home and not do anything. I'll still have some, like, odd and end job. And, I mean, 
it'll probably make good money just because I'll need some sort of job satisfaction out of it. But it's not like a job that I have to have to like make ends meet. It'll just be excuse me, a job to have. So at any time, if I don't want to go to work anymore, I'll just be like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. We see, we look at retirement differently. I always joke around like, yeah, I'm just going to be a stay at home dad and not do anything in retirement, which I know is not going to be the case because so when I retire, I want to do things, but I don't want to be obligated to have to go work for somebody. If that makes any sense. If mm. the job that I'm going to go to, or if I have to get a, job or i have to work it's going to be doing something like i actually actually love enjoy yeah. yeah like i enjoy everything like if i can get out and just coach football like that's it just get paid just to coach football which is not a thing unless you're a really great coach that i i would love to do that but then i, I look at a retirement like it's an opportunity to do to experiment and do probably take on some of the things that i wanted to do when i was younger but i couldn't because i had to work and maybe turn those things into something that pay off and bring in that second, third, fourth income. That's how I see retirement. So it's not just like sitting around and doing nothing and watching TV all day. Um, but working out is going to be a big part of it. Reading is going to be a big part of it. Um, and then whatever else I'm getting into that will make money. Yeah. That's how I see retirement. Um, because if that doesn't pan out, it's easy. Well, I don't want to say but it's easy. But I mean, easy. if I can, like, get up in the morning and, like, not put my hair in a bun and wear fancy clothes and go to work and do a job that, one, I really enjoy, two, I'm really good at, and three, make six figures, like, let's do it. Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After retirement, if you're doing it and you enjoy it, then by all means, do it. Uh yeah. Like these dudes that I was talking about, maybe a handful enjoyed what they were doing. Yeah. I think the rest were just trying to, they didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And I mean, you find those people. Like for me, I don't want, I mean, even if I decide to stay in Intel, which I don't foresee happening, but like, let's say we get stationed in Virginia. I like fall in love with intel and i decide i want to change my entire career path to do intel right mm -hmm. and then i get a job there making like some crazy money after retirement um i still don't want to fall back like i don't want to go back and work for the military again maybe a three letter or um i mean by that time i'll officially have doctor in front of my name hopefully so you will um I could, I don't know, do something, but definitely not, um, definitely not contractor or be a GS. I don't want to do that. You're being humble, by the way. You'll have doctor in front of your name in a minimum two years, probably earlier than that, the way you're going. I but uh, I see this happening where retirement comes around. We don't know nothing else but the military. And we we end up missing it, which I'm sure that's what everybody goes through when they retire. Like, man, I just miss being around military members and putting on the uniform. And mm. I just want to be in that environment. Nope. I can see that happening to me. 
Um, because like the what I love about the military is everybody's going through the same thing. It's kind of like a big team, right? Uh, yeah, we all have different experiences, but at the end of the day, you're doing the same job. You're 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 living the same military life as everybody else, and you can shoot the shit with everybody. You can joke around. Uh, you're working towards the same mission. Um, and then in retirement, I don't. The thing I think I'll miss is the mentorship, like the the building up of people and teaching them how to like grow in the military, if that makes sense. Um, so finding someone who is like a new airman or a new NCO and just sharing with them what I know to make them better or just sharing with them like what I did that was wrong and like, Hey, like not everybody's path is perfect. These are the places where I messed up and I'm still here today. So you can have these mistakes. You just have to learn from them. Um, I think I'll miss that because in the civilian world, you really don't get that like bonding like you do in the military. It's kind of like every man for themselves. Like you're going to work, you're your own person. Nobody cares about you and your career except you like, do your job. Yeah. Um, I think I'll miss that part, but like putting on the uniform, the, the going through the same thing as everybody else. I don't think I'll miss that. No, I don't think so. I mean, I might, I don't know. I don't know where life will be in six and a half years, Yeah. but I, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I mean, I'll look at it and in six and a half years, what Dallas will be, 11, Elena, Elena will be right at 14, Mm -hmm. Braylon will be 16 driving, Michael will be 18, an adult, (laughs) and so, um, and so life will just be different in general. Um, Yeah, the kids will be more, a little more self-sufficient, well, a lot more self-sufficient, especially Michael and Braylon, Mm -hmm. Uh, Elena will be on her way, hopefully, if we if we did it right, yeah. <laughs> and then Dallas will be the youngest one. Yeah, but I mean, I think um, just just getting there it'll it'll take some some time. But like the kids will be at a stage where they're set in, you know, they're becoming their own people. They'll be set in their ways. They won't be wanting to move anymore, um, and we'll pretty much be starting we'll pretty much be starting over and that's when we'll buy a ranch in a way if you look at it like well yeah we'll be um we'll be starting whole new careers well i will be you'll i don't know what you're gonna do we will be starting over but it's not starting over in the sense of uh from nothing yeah from nothing Mm -hmm. like how we did before we'll we'll be set i mean there's no I guess, yeah, we'll be set, really, like, we'll be comfortable, mm-hmm. um, assuming shit doesn't take a turn for the worse, I don't know, yeah. uh, like, we'll be all right, so there'll be, uh, what am I trying to say, like, less stress on trying to make it, I guess, yeah, Yeah. so we can just uh, enjoy it a little bit more on whatever we choose, whatever career path we take after that, yeah, yeah. Maybe the podcast will fucking take off and I'll just be doing this shit full time. 
Hi-o. Hey-o. You and won't want to. I won't be your guest every week. <laughs> I'll be like, I got to work. Bye. Call somebody. <laughs> Go podcast on the cows. <laughs> on the cows. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I really wouldn't mind. Um, I just want to buy some land somewhere, and I just want to build a house, kind of like how Shane and I did, where they just built their own blueprints. They they found kind of a starting point online and they just made their own alterations and um, went from there and they just built everything from the ground up. Um, and yeah. so everything was exactly how they wanted it. That would be awesome too. Um, the thing that kind of worries me is that uh, like I've never lived out in the middle of nowhere or like far from from anything so not having the convenience like hey i can just run down to the store real quick and pick something up yeah so i definitely don't want to live like where shane lives like i find that very inconvenient yeah <laughs> um i i enjoy going to his house and visiting and i enjoy waking up and just the quiet around his house um where there's like no neighbors and it's just it's nice and secluded um but i hate where it's if you need like one thing from the grocery store it's an hour long trip yeah that's annoying to me um but, but that's, what, that's what it would be if we lived on a ranch i don't think so you just have to you just have to get i mean for us it would be like if if it was here in San Angelo, it would be like if we um, if we bought property right there on the other side of the highway across the landings. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's some that are close. You just have to find, like, where you want to buy property at. Yeah, I guess so. Or if you, like... Um, like bought property by where my dad lives yeah you know it's there's property out there with acreage and, and it's closer to town it's still not in town but i mean i'm not living in smithville so i don't know why i'm using that as a reference point but it's still it's still a ways it's maybe a reference point no maybe not we'll maybe. buy some land out there no i'm trying shane she won't buy it <laughs> we almost we almost did yeah that would have been a good investment I wouldn't mind uh, investing in that, but that guy was, that was stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that was real dumb. The um, the price they were trying to get on that land besides Shane's. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, property is just a good, a good investment in general. And, and I wouldn't mind buying property in Smithville, but... Or Shane lives in Liberty, Dowelltown. I don't is know. It Liberty? One of those. Liberty, I think, is an official where he lives at. Yeah. Um, but I would never, like, I don't want to build a house there. I don't want to, I don't want to live there. <laughs> I just. I don't know. If we were really going to buy a ranch, we'd have to, we'd have to see quite a few places. Yeah. Um. 
Go to Garrison, Colorado, like the ranch, <laughs> which is not a real place. Nope. There's just, there's a lot to take into consideration. And, um, you know, for a while we were looking there at New Braunfels, buying some land out there. But land there is stupid expensive. It's stupid expensive. And as San Antonio pushes further out and as very unfortunate people moved to New Braunfels that quickly came off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not an option anymore. So, and I mean, the more I visit San Antonio, the less it feels like home. Okay. The, yeah, the less appe- oh, the less appealing it becomes to me. Yeah. Each time we go there, uh, the more it convinces me not to move back. So when we used to go back every time, it would just feel like home. Mm-hmm. It would be like going home. That's how I felt when I would go to San Antonio. Um, and now when we go there, it's just like an annoyance to be in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, dealing with all that traffic and and just seeing how how quickly it's blowing up around the neighborhood, like the neighborhood that we used to live in. It was it was out there. And it, was, it wasn't secluded, but it felt like it was private. It was the outskirts. Yeah. And now that's just, it's like, it's uh, it's a part of San Antonio now. Like, it's a part of the city. It's the heart of the city. Yeah. And and it's... And it's only growing, it's growing fast. Like, it keeps on going further out and further out and further out. And the bad part about that is the more it grows, the outskirts are the nice areas and then it grows, and those outskirts become no longer the outskirts, and they start getting ran down. Yeah. They just so you buy in what you think is a nice area, and then as they continue to build out, what you thought was a nice area three years ago is now like a rundown part of town. Because you have miles and miles of more outskirts now. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, where we live, it's not rundown. It's just it's super no. crowded. And yeah. I can't imagine that the value of the homes are going up anymore yeah like they like they were before um you i don't know why i just thought about this but do you know on that road back behind Baylau, um like where we used to go get breakfast tacos yes <laughs> they had ranches back there yeah they did. there was a crossfit gym back there remember yeah and so that was in san antonio but there was ranches right there mm-hmm. that was pretty close to the city so yeah, but now they have houses all around them. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like you're on a ranch anymore. But I mean, it what they weren't huge plots of land; they're a couple acres maybe. That's all I want. Maybe ten acres at the most. Oh, that's well, that's still pretty big. But like two two acres. That's like two of my dad's properties. Yeah, it's not it's not a lot if you want to that ranch feeling. Yeah. Or to have an actual ranch. That's you need more than that. Yeah. I mean if we were gonna get like freaking horses or cows or something, that's one thing, but I don't know. I mean I would wanna get animals. I just don't know what to do with them. Like horses, yeah, easy enough. I mean, you take care of them and, and ride them every once in a while. But <laughs> like as far as if you wanna make money, I don't I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, you'd have to do a lot of research and like figure out how to get into that business. We would spend so much money 
just trying to learn about all that and 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 getting set up before yeah, it would be ever. a huge startup cost yeah I yeah. guess like any any business I guess <laughs> yeah huge startup cost but I mean it's just it's part of it I just I don't know I want to live on land I just have no desire to like ranch I guess I mean I get there's the things like fencing and mowing and like taking care of the grounds like those things make sense to me I like that stuff when it's on my own time but if I have to do that kind of stuff and then go to work yeah I hate it but if if I'm like waking up every day and getting the kids to school and then all right time to go work on the ranch like I I need to go fix my fence or uh, I need to go do whatever with this chunk of land or go feed animals, whatever the fuck else is done on the <laughs> ranch, fix a roof, whatever. Like, I like to do all that because that would be my work, yeah. right? That wouldn't be um, something that I have to do on the side because I have to go to work first. Yeah, that makes that, sense. That's how I see it. And doing it that way, I would like to be on a ranch. But then you have to make money, too. But if we're retired, we'll have at least that check coming in on a monthly basis. Yeah. And then be covered that way. I feel like if we both retire at 20 and we both get whatever disability we get, which will be some portion of disability, whatever that portion is. Um, and then let's say you just work up. at home, right? And I have a full-time job and you just do the home life. Like you take care of the ranch, whatever. Um, Our retirements alone would cover all of our bills. Like our mortgage, our utilities, groceries, all the things. The necessities. Um, And then we would have my income, whatever that would be, um, to supplement for all the other things that we would want. And I just, and that's not even talking about touching our, our retirements, right? Not even touching our 401ks or our retirement plans. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I mean, you think now if, if I got a job making a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is pretty insignificant based on my experience and my education levels. Um, that's a really low price on what I can make on the outside. But like, let's say I just made $100,000 a year and I declined health insurance because I had TRICARE from retirement and all these things. Um, I would still bring home equal to what I'm making now, plus my retirement check, plus your retirement check, plus our disability checks. And so we would still be making more than what we're making right now with just me going to work and you staying at home. <laughs> yeah, that's what and, I'm talking about. And that's not even including as we progress through the ranks between now and when we retire. Yeah. Um, if we promote again, hopefully. You'll promote yeah. if I promote. You'll uh, promote. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, for everybody thinking – what the fuck makes her think that she's gonna be making a hundred grand a year? Uh, well, for one, you've already been offered jobs that are eighty plus, ninety plus. 
Um, yeah, so back when I hit my 10-year mark. So I, I joined the Air Force in 2007. I left for basic training in August of 2007. I graduated high school in May of 2007. So I was 17 years old when I took off to basic training. Um, I'll retire at 37 years old. Yeah. So when I hit the 10-year mark in the Air Force, I was done. I was ready to call it quits, hang up the boots, and get out. Um, just life happened, and we decided to stay in. Um, Insurance is a bitch. So, <laughs> so in the process of 10 years, I took what's called a transitions assistance program. Is that what it's called? It's it's TAPS, yeah. So TAPS transition transition assistant program. I I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a class that you take when you're getting out of the military that helps you like transition from the military back to being a civilian. That acronym means something. I can't think of what it means right now. Um, and so when I was in that transition, you have to build a resume. You have to take official photos. You send that resume out on like Indeed.com, Monster, all these things. And I got multiple job offers throughout the country making well over a hundred grand a year. Um, and that was before I had my master's or before I was working on my doctorate. So now that I have, Oh, you were I graduating with your I didn't master's. have my master's yet. Yep. You were about to graduate with mm -hmm. your master's. So now that I have my master's and I will have my doctorate in education. Your pahid. At, uh, um, retirement. Those numbers only go up with more degrees. And I'm also looking at that at a program to get a second bachelor's. Yeah. So. And experience and all that. And you get more experience and you go to more places and you just have contact with more people. You get, it's just that, that name and face thing because people can tell you all day your resume is what gets you hired, but it's it's who you know, man. That's, yeah. that's what who, it is. Who you know is probably... Uh, it might be a bigger factor than your experience. I 100% think so. Yeah. 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 Somebody to get you in and get your foot in the door. Get you in the door. Because if I can Whatever call I'm somebody who works at a company and I can be like, hey, like, let's say by some wild stretch of imagination, I make like senior, right? Like, I don't think I'll make it. I think I'll make master, but I don't think I'll make it past master. But like, let's say by some stretch, I make senior. And then I'm at retirement and I just call somebody up and I'm like, hey, I'm retiring. I'm just looking for a job. Um, just want to see if I could send over my resume. And they know me on a personal basis. Just me sending my resume, like on a name by name basis, that resume is going to get so much more weight than if I submitted it through Yeah. just like a standard, hey, we're looking to fill this position. Especially if you have somebody vouching for you. Yeah. Because so assignments work that way too. It's oh yeah, sort for sure. of like if you know somebody, then there's a higher chance that you're gonna get that assignment that you want. Especially when they're listening in AMS, where they can write a job application that's like, and everybody will tell you this doesn't happen, but I don't believe it. Well, they'll <laughs> where they'll write a job thing, and you'll read it, and you'll say, "There's only probably one person in the entire Air Force who can fit this singular description, <laughs> like that has this exact experience and this exact." stuff and you're like oh they probably want one person to click this button yeah and so they wrote the ad that way um but it's just that's how it is so 
I don't know. I'm sure between now and then, cost of living is going to change significantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a million factors that'll go into it, but, um, but I'm ready. I'm ready for retirement to be here. <laughs> I'm ready to. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm ready gonna, to have the option. That's that's what I want. I'm just ready to have the option. Uh, I'm pushing retire. the button at 19 years and 364 days. Yeah, we'll see. You will see. Yeah, we'll see. You'll see me push the button at 19 years and 364 it's days. It's just, I don't know. Like how when, how, like how early almost, can you push it? <laughs> 19 years and 300 days? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Two months early? I think right after 19 years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when we almost got got out a few years ago, uh, like it was surprising all the other stuff that we would have to pay for. Insurance was the biggest one where we were going to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars um as civilians and like that was one of the things that like that got us thinking like well fuck maybe we shouldn't get out we should just stay in and do our time but we still went through with it and the only reason (laughs) the only reason that we're still in today is because they denied our our separation papers our uh what's it called palace chase yeah so we were we weren't trying to like fully get out we're gonna transition to the reserves to the reserves so that's where you are in the military but you only like you're a civilian most of the time and you wear you like work two two weeks out of the summer and like one week in a month yeah for all intents and purposes you're you're out of the military except for uh, it totals out for a month the, the entire year or something like that yeah, it's it's an insignificant amount of time, um, but you're still a member of the military. You're just in the reserve component of the military, so you're not active duty. You don't wear the uniform every day. You still have a civilian job. Um, for all intents and purposes, you're a civilian. Yeah. Um, and it got denied. So. <laughs> yep. They said um, we were critically manned in our career field, so they couldn't afford to lose us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So, so here we, we are. St- so we stayed in, and uh, luckily we stayed in. I'm I'm glad that they denied us. Um, somebody was looking out for us because, uh, it ultimately it was the right choice to stay in. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like we've had. I mean, you can what if everything to death, right? Like, we never know what would have happened had we gotten out, like, what jobs we could have had, what experiences, where we would have went. Um, We just don't know. So, I'm thankful that life has taken us where it's taken us. Like, I've, um, I have no regrets. Regrets. But. Not not one? No. Not even. Not even even a single letter? No. No. But, um, I just. I don't know. Um, I still just, I'm ready. I mean, I'm going to, the six years that I have left, like I want to do well. I want to progress through the ranks. I want to do big things for the Air Force. But Yeah, it's not like we're just coasting. But at 20 years, <laughs> but at 20 years, I want to, I want to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a talk with one of my superiors today, um, and and we haven't even talked about this yet. So, um, but she just messaged me to see like, and I'm sure you can put like two and two together who it was, but she just messaged me to well, see like, don't. 
uh-uh. how um everyone was doing. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna say who it was, but um, it's just message to see how everyone was doing, and we just kind of went back and forth on like what my thoughts were about where I'm at in my career and and how I just I just need to change. And she just kind of gave me a little pep talk. Some good mentorship right there. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I need a change. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the pep talk. I want to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's always good to have a change of scenery. Yeah. Uh, I have that coming up here in another yeah. month. So that's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'll just like, and that's, a, I'll tell you like the same thing I told her. It's, you get into this pattern and it happens in the military and I'm sure it happens in the civilian world too, but it's where, and we have a lot of these people where I work at. Um, and some of them are like my good friends because these type A people normally like draft toward each other just because they're all the same, but they're just really good at their job. And because they're really good at their job, they frequently, in my own personal opinion and Holly's personal opinion, um, get taken advantage of for their abilities and not in like a negative way get taken advantage of but they just they have to do so many more things than their counterparts because their superiors know whatever they give them they're not going to let fail yeah dependable people get all the work and um and one of my gripes and complaints, and I'll say it was a gripe and complaint, um, is that I keep getting these major projects and I'll get them on the right track and I'll start making these fixes and I'll find a foothold and I'll start making progress and I'll see changes start happening and then they'll take that and they'll give it to somebody else to like carry through to the finish. And then they'll just give me another shit storm and they're like, okay, here, like go again. And then I'll be like angry and frustrated and I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to let it fail because that's just not who I am as a person. So I'll dig back in, I'll go, I'll start making the changes, I'll grab footholds and then they're like, okay, I'm going to take that and give it to this person. Here, start again. And it just, it steals your motivation. It like robs you of your, like that type A go-getter personality to the point where you're like, I just have no more to give. And I kind of feel that's where I'm at here, like right now. So it's just like, I know I'm not going to let something fail. That's just not who I am as a person. Um, But the motivation that I normally have toward work and um, like, no matter what, I'm going to make sure that this doesn't fail. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do all these things. I just don't have the drive that I would normally have. Yeah. And it's frustrating to be able to self-identify that because it's just It's hard to stay motivated when you feel like you're getting shit on. Mm -hmm. But But there's... You need some kind of recognition. But I don't. And that's the thing. Like, I don't need recognition. I just need... I think you do need recognition. You you may not want it, but I think you getting recognition will kind of... it will validate all your hard work and see that it puts it out there like, okay, she is busting her ass. She's doing all these things. 
But that's not what I'm looking for. So I'm not looking for recognition at all. I just want to be able to see something through to the end. Like if I start something and I'm busting my ass and I'm like really seeing changes happen and then somebody takes it and they give it to somebody else and that other person gets to see it through to the end, like that's frustrating to me because it's not about recognition or taking credit, but it's like, like I did all those things and I wanted to be the person that saw it through to the end. Like I didn't want you to be able to be the person who got to say like, look what I did. Um, and I guess that kind of like goes into taking credit. I don't know, but I don't want people to be like, look at Holly. That's not what I'm saying. But it's just, if I start something and this goes back into my whole like team project thing. Like if I start something, I want to be the person that finishes that. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's frustrating for me a lot of times, I think. I think um, in your case, I think you did see it through the end. Well, not the end, but I think you saw it through to the point where um, there's not much more you can really do uh, uh, other than just continue to make it uh, do good or perform well yeah. or whatever um, because – you took something where it was total shit and turned it into something that it was doing great. And that's, that was just like the standard after that. And now it's shit like, again. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> right. But when it was handed over, it was a great thing. So when it was handed over, it was expected of that other person to like carry it on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what you're going to do with it. They could have made it better. They could have continued to, to do well. Or But it was like all the time and effort and hard work and hours and and just ah, stress and grit that I put into all that. Yeah. It was for nothing. But I think that's something that's that how we, I, That's how I feel about it. That's just, it's not for nothing. Um, uh, if anything, it's working on your craft. <laughs> Because that's something you're gonna Don't have you to master sergeant me. <laughs> that's something you're gonna have to get used to. That we're gonna have to get used to is is building something, creating it, making it better, making it work, and then handing it off. Because that's all you're gonna be doing for the rest of your career. Yeah. As you promote and get hired, that's all it's gonna be. You start looking at the master sergeants, senior master sergeant chiefs, they have two years max anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then they're handing it off to anybody else. So uh and you did it in a less amount of time on a smaller scale, but the same kind of job, right? So once you promote and then you get up to squadron or group level, you're going to have to do the same thing. Like work your magic yeah, for a year Yeah, but you're giving it off to competent people. Ah, that's not Sometimes. always true. That's not always true. <laughs> that's true, I guess. Yeah, um, you're right. I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see when you're still in the same office. I think it would be different if I had left. Like if, if I was in a section and I got moved to a different office. And so I, I did all this work and I handed it off and I left completely. Right. And so here's this job that I did, take it and move it forward. Right. And then I'm gone. But to just sit like, in the same office and just to watch it crumble. Yeah. 
and like just know how many hours I spent doing things and being like all of that was a fucking waste (laughs) of my time it's not like but it was because those were hours I could have came home early those were hours that I could have spent with the family those are hours that I could have worked on other stuff that but think about the people that were under you and they took those lessons away from everything that you did good or bad I I don't even know yeah so because they're not getting to do it now I mean, well, it was yet. good for that time period, I guess. I mean, not yet. They're, they'll get their chance. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Silver linings, babe. Silver linings. So, but imagine how presidents feel. <laughs> I don't care about them. <laughs> but they're, they're just four years or eight years and up, and then they hand over the office, and then what if they're just like at home watching this and be like, what the fuck are you doing? They probably all do. No, that. like I worked on that bill so hard. Yeah. Like that was my legacy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I think in, in those instances, in those big muscle movements where, where you're moving people and you're taking something where people have put so much time and effort you have to completely remove them from the equation if you're going to take them out of positions, if that makes sense. You can't leave them in an equal position, but just, like, scoot them over. Uh, I mean, I, I get it's I, just, I, I don't know. I don't see it that way. Uh, I, I understand, like, where you're coming from and the frustration, but... Uh, it'd be I, don't, like, I don't see it It'd be way. like if they put you on fundies... And then put someone else on ISR. And then they came in and just changed everything that you've been working on for the past six months. To like get ISR to where it is. And they're like, oh, nah. Like, I don't like anything he's done. We're just going to go back to all this stuff the way we were doing it before. And you just had to sit there and watch it happen. It would literally hurt your soul. I've been going through that. Since I got there because of all the movement. Yeah. But and it's it's not like, um, I, I don't know how to explain it. No, I, I know what you mean. It's like, uh, that's your superior doing I, it, though. It's not like your position. If, but And you have officers, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but I mean, just like if you take it a, to a higher level and looking at the higher ups that are doing it sometimes they do lateral moves from squadron commander to squadron commander and all the changes are being made. They're still mm-hmm. witnessing or they go from squadron level to group level. They're still seeing all the changes be- being made. Uh, like flight commanders that have gone to be execs or, or whatnot. Like they're seeing everything that's happening within the flights. And they're like, oh man, why did you change that? But I mean, you do what you can in the time that you're given and then move on and wherever you're at that's that's what you start working on yeah uh i i think some and you're right it's because you're in this you're still in the same area like literally face to face and uh some of that still comes your way yeah like some of the questions yep so it's just, I don't know. It, it's hard to deal with. I need the, and like you're getting the change of scenery, right? Like you're changing flights. You're going to get a a new change of pace, a new movement. Um, 
And I need that. And I've been advocating for it for months. Like, hey, I need that change. One, for just career progression. And two, just for me. Like, I need it. Um, Because I just need it. And I'm just been getting shut down at every turn. And I mean, I don't foresee it happening. Um, I It probably won't in the time I'm here. I'll probably stay where I'm at the whole time I'm here. Um, I just... I don't think so. I, I do. Especially if you promote. But I mean, if if I promote, I won't promote... I won't even become eligible until... You're eligible next year. Yeah, so... 2022, I mean. Yeah, so I won't become eligible until March of 2022. And then we'll get orders June of 2022. And if I pin on, I wouldn't pin on... If I make Master the first time, which slim to zero chance. But I wouldn't pin on until the end. So I wouldn't even pin on while I was here. That's if we stay here for the full four years. Yeah. So there's no way, even if I make master on the very first try, that I would even pin on while I'm here. You never know. I just told you the math on why I wouldn't. But you never know. (laughs) I mean, I guess my math could be wrong on months, but when do master results come out? In June, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I think June. Testing cycles in f- or the board when they packages meet the board is in February. February, March. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it would it would be nice to uh to make master on the first go. I don't see it happening, but it would be it would be nice. Yeah, it would. All right, you want to call a night? Sure. <laughs> We've just been rambling about nonsense. Ah, uh, no, it's good stuff. It's not nonsense. It's all very important. People need to hear this shit. Listen to me complain <laughs> about my job. <laughs> all right, take us out of here. All right, peace out, Cub Scout. Peace out, Cub Scout. We'll see you all next week. Later.